Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the nation, episode 158. My phone is off. I just took a bunch of snap shots that I enjoyed. You took a bunch of snatch shots? Yeah, snatch shots. I was like, does everybody want to see my badge? Um, <laughs> that's a lot to literally, say about the hearing. <laughs> literally thought that's what you said. No, snapshots of like some of my favorite oh, that makes ridiculous quotes. <laughs> um, is this from the hearing yesterday or what, what? Yeah, from the hearing. Two, oh. One. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we simply ask, can you please share the citation? I'm your host, Nikine Farsad, and I am the opposite of an I cannot speak to that. I am your host, and I can speak to everything, you guys, outside of the four corners of this fucking report. By the way, how many times did people say four corners of the report? Shut up, everybody. I hate all of you, but you're also the best. So that means that today, we're going to talk about Mueller's long away to testimony. We'll also talk about Boris Johnson and uh, we'll look at the new sobriety. Um, today, oh my god, with this panel, you guys. So exciting this panel. Um, we have not, have we never done this before? I feel like, and Harry's looking at me like, I don't know what question you're about to ask. <laughs> 
I feel like we have never had a, a, partic a person in this particular situation on the show before. I know, what is she about to say? I know, like you're either in, <laughs> you're either in one of the, a steel lung or whatever, or um, <laughs> you're running for Congress. Um, okay, you guys. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. option number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm so excited about this panel today because we have with us running for the 10th Congressional District in New York. She's primary challenging Gerald Nadler. She's ever so delightful. You guys, it's Lindsay Boylan. Hey, Lindsay. Hello, long time no chat. Oh, my God. I was on a UCB show with Lindsay where she was a, um, a quite uh, astute uh, panelist uh, and, um, and was charmed by her. Her, uh, then um, and and then it ended and, and then, then I was yeah down. and it's over <laughs> um, and this is going to be very contentious yeah. um, uh, but also joining the show you guys know her you love her she is just a long time veteran of fake the nation you guys uh, she's on a future episode of Chris Gethard's present. Chris Gethard presents. <laughs> I put my S's in the wrong places. Um, she's on, on a future episode of Chris Gethard presents, which is Chris Gethard's new multi-platform crazy thing uh, that you should subscribe to um, on the in podcast form, and you should watch in television form, where you will find Leah Bonima. Oh, thank you. Hi, Leah. Hi, Nagin. Um, are you guys ready? Should we just get into let's do it? This. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, you guys, let us begin with topic number one. He searched for citations. He asked people to refer to the report. He wouldn't speculate. He would be a terrible podcast host. <laughs> and it was a carefully worded, mild-mannered, hell of a ride. Of course, I'm talking about the long-awaited Mueller testimony. So, you guys... On the scale of, like, where were you? On the scale of, that was garbage, oh, and I want to throw my panties at him. Like, where were you on that scale uh, of Mueller's testimony? It was, you know, uh, so I, I got, I'm the politician here, so I got to do my little preamble. Yeah, please. He's a Marine. My dad's a Marine. I I respect him so much. Um, that was not a great day for 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 the, the the case which I'm on board with mm -hmm. is impeaching Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. It was not a great day. It was not a great showing. Um, it was basically a recitation of information that's already been talked about ad nauseum on TV. For those few of us who've read it, we've seen the same information. When you're running a team of, what, 40 or so lawyers, there's no way that you're going to have a command of that information. Yeah. And basically, the Republicans just used that to negate everything about, about the whole Mueller report, which is, I think, really unfortunate because at the very heart, even if we don't get into obstruction of justice, it has to do with defending democracy and elections. And shortly thereafter, the Republicans voted down a, a few security-related, dem Democratic election-related bills that would support, um, defend us against everything that they talked about happened with the Russians in the first part of the thing. And it was just a, it was not a good showing. It wasn't necessary to have him come in. He already said he was going to say nothing different. And uh, 
we should have we should have started impeachment hearings some time ago, in my view. That wasn't funny, but I'm what? sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, uh, that what what do you like, think? Sorry, I'm thoughtful. Well, back to your original question, I got stuck on it because I would never. I just want to say I would never throw my panties at anyone because. <laughs> You get like eight good working panties. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah, just the true. right amount of new and worked out. That's, and that's more than I have. That's, that's impressive. Oh, I, yeah, I've really been putting time in. And I'm not She's throwing done the them math. at She's anyone done the math. for good or bad reasons. No, I can picture a scenario um, where you go to the dollar store. Yeah, but why? I would put those panties on first. And you pick up, pa- and you yeah. pick up some yeah. panties just for the throwing. Okay. So <laughs> not worn panties. <laughs> Which I think is probably not the point of the panties. And I, I just really got that. lost in that. I, really, um, I recognize that. But continue. Uh, uh, but more more to the point. <laughs> uh, more to the point. That was very off point. I just wanted to mention not wasting panties. No, that's a, that's a fair that. statement. And democracy needed to hear that. Democracy <laughs> needs to know how much women are paying for panties. <laughs> because it's capitalism at its worst. I would say um, I felt like we clearly, I actually felt like it was clearly he was like, I'm going to follow all these rules about what I'm not allowed yeah. to say because that's what I do. And it's yeah. a shame there's no person in there who's like, he doesn't do this other thing. Here's a person who is translating what he's saying to be like, this is a big deal. He's saying that elections were tampered <laughs> yeah. with. Yes. Um, but he is a particular kind of person. And I felt that he actually very clearly stated like, oh, hey, you know, maybe after he's president, if he doesn't change it into a kingship, um, we <laughs> might take him up on a few things, which I felt like I'm like, are, is everybody out there hearing this? I yeah. mean, obviously, everybody this room is but like that's kind of a big deal yeah i think okay i was a little i think Lindsay, you were the least like positive about yesterday's testimony i i also felt like you know there were moments like when um when he was he was asked so the president keeps saying that you know this totally exonerates them does it totally exonerate him and Mueller was like no i mean i think those moments are really important uh i think the problem is so we got a couple of those really important moments um also, we got a moment where he said something like about the, you know, uh, you know, Donnie went on and on and on about how he loved WikiLeaks. Um, and and Mueller was asked, like, what do you think about that? And he was like, what problematic is an understatement for what that was, you know, that that this yeah. kind of like interaction with Russians and getting dirt and WikiLeaks and all of that stuff is essentially illegal. Yes. And. Uh, unpatriotic and so he made those points right and i thought that was really good yet he didn't give us the flashy performance it's so funny because what i want is some a guy or a gal between a james comey and a robert Mueller. robert Mueller is like i'm sorry there are no substitutes on this menu you order what's on the menu (laughs) and that's like so fucking annoying, yes. right? <laughs> and then James Comey is like, oh, there's like 17 additional menus. Let's just talk about them. I don't know. Like, yeah. And you're like, Shut, stop. I can't with all these. So there's a, a point in the middle of a regular person with, like, of a person with regular amounts of things to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know Can I say, 
I think yes, yeah. totally agree, and, and that, I agree with everything you fr- said. Frustrating that we haven't like met that person. Oh, yeah, you, you know who I think. I know I need to step into the arena, don't I? <laughs> the microphone. Um, frankly, I think the person who that is are, are our leaders in Congress. Oh, like they yeah. should say. Oh, this is what you're telling us. You're telling us that you can't indict a sitting president, that you can't go out the boundaries of this language, and that it's now Congress's job to step in. Yeah. I think that's the translation piece. And yeah. I think the translation needed to be, okay, let's 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 start impeachment hearings. Right. It's weird. <laughs> so. What the moment that I wish and I and maybe I I didn't listen to all of it, but I listened to like a large amount. But yeah. uh the moment that I wish had maybe and maybe this happened, but I don't think it did, was something was that where they say, Hey, w- did you anticipate we would do more? As, yeah. as Congress, yeah. and then he would have been like, yeah, or, you Yeah, know. that would have been a very good question. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And Were that... we supposed to take this information and do something with it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or were you just like using your printer, <laughs> just like testing to see the accuracy of that laser print? To be fair, I don't think he would have said it either because he's this, you know, he uh, he's say this, things. And this isn't a, an menu. indictment of him. Like this is he's got this career. He's not trying to be politicized. He talked about never asking people about their political views who work for him. Yeah, I don't that think was he would have said that. That was a moment because the Republicans. So the Republican tactic was to discredit him. Oh yeah, how, how which I you, think is terrible. It's how, terrible. How did you think they came off in general yesterday? I thought it, you know, well, I mean, I'm a, I have a particular view going into it. Um, Lindsay's a Democrat. I'm a Democrat. Um, But I think the fact that they spent their time trying to discredit uh, a a Vietnam War veteran who's devoted his life to public service, who, by the way, happens to be a Republican, just like it, not that it matters. Right. Um, trying to make him appear as if he's partisan, a partisan hack who doesn't know his job. Um, and not even focus at all, at all, even really, at least in the judiciary hearing, about on sort of Russia's Russia's hacking at all. Or anything really negating the the instances of obstruction of justice. They really said, well, you quoted the New York Times and the Washington Post and Fox News only two times. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. paraphrasing here, but I thought it was uh, really unfortunate for our democracy that the Republicans chose to discredit an American hero who has so clearly, if he's if he's guilty of anything, it's being completely nonpartisan. Yeah, and just being like so rulesy. Um, <laughs> uh, Leah, did you? I mean, what did you think of that tactic of like trying to discredit him? Because they really went in on the 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 guy with his having an affair with the woman and the oh, text yeah. messages. I mean, I feel like this is their major skill set. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like they're like magicians at their best. You know what I mean? Like look over here. So this whole other thing is happening, and we're going to focus on something that's essentially irrelevant. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and they've become very good at it. And I think they've shown that the a lot of the American public will be go along with it. And, you know, it's not surprising at this point. And um, you would think that any person, Republican or Democrat, would be like, even if they were a Trump supporter, would be like, oh, hey, it is unpatriotic. That was such an important word to use because they throw it around so much uh, that we would have Russians meddling in our election, which is now a fact that that's not 
up for grabs at this point and that anybody should be upset about that, should want to be like, let's look into that. Yeah. And the idea that they weren't like, oh, we should look into that. And even if they wanted to distance Trump from it, you wouldn't. This is a big deal. And the yeah. fact that you're talking about a text message that, you know. There was a, and I don't, I haven't followed this up, but there was a bill, I think, on the floor about making, accepting um, dirt from a foreign government mm-hmm. like a crime, accepting help from a foreign government in your campaign a crime or something. And I don't know what happened to that, but at the time it was like still controversial. Well, I we think it talk- is a crime. It's the fact <laughs> that we have to say that. I mean, it seems I like know. obvious it's a crime. Uh, it is a crime. <laughs> well, I, well, I, it, it, well but, but the relevance here is that because our president, president has not been held accountable. Now he again is going back to invite foreign governments to interfere in our elections. Like he's he's made these overtures, whether how serious he is or not, he said it. And not even the, the people in his own party aren't speaking out against it. It's just, a, I guess we need a bill to say that, even though it's already true. Even though- <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so do you think this will matter at all, I guess. Did the testimony do anything? I really don't know anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? I I honestly am every day shocked that it doesn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? So I would like to be like, yeah, I feel like a person who is... uh, follows these rules and is very pragmatic and I think is clearly not hedging towards the Democrats, even though the Republicans are acting... Uh, wildly like he is um, said these things and it seems like they're you're like oh these are non-emotional realisms and we should follow up on that because it's a really big deal and a threat to our democracy Um, that seems clear but then also this seemed clear like a year ago so I don't even know anymore yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Like, if any- we honestly had a monarch in three months and people were like, were you shocked? I'd be like, I don't think so. I guess we all saw this coming. I guess I, I, I was, I mean, if, if, if impeachment is not going to happen and, and if it's politically not sound idea, I do think that the Russian meddling should be made more a fuss of. Yeah. Um, and, and it should, and because those people, I mean, the kind of Obama Trump voters, I think were probably anti-Russian during the cold war, you know what I mean? (laughs) Or whatever, like they'll, they can get riled up by some anti-Russian don't meddle in our election sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that should be the the drum we're banging. That should be a big drum. Play Rocky Four. get it out there. And I also want to say. It's possible that we are drum banging that drum and that the media is not covering it. I know yeah. I say this every episode, no, it's true. but it's absolutely it's true. possible. It's, it's, <laughs> it's completely true. unclear what it is that the media will cover. That, I mean, be, that's actually a part of the discourse yeah. because how many other things were going on, you know, in Congress? So many in a previous episode, we listed like four different bills they were trying to bring about election meddling and, and securing the elections yes and nothing has happened and and the media doesn't cover those bills so there we can't true. even get public opinion uh pub to pressure uh republican congressmen to do anything about it well it, i you know just having been a few months into this race the things that c- get covered are things that um you know are already snowballs right. you know it's um 
is Jerry Nadler the next Joe Crowley? You know, it's um, yeah, it's all, yeah, yeah. does it connect to something that has gotten pressed before? So I totally agree. I mean, the one thing that I don't know how much it's been talked about, but having read the Mueller report, if you look at volume one, you know, there are sort of two large ways that um, Russians interfered with the government. They, with our election, they, um, you know, basically hacked and leaked information related to the Clinton campaign and the DNC. And and then they put in tons of bots to act as if they were supporters of the Trump campaign. So they were clearly doing sort of these two large things, hacking and and plants of people that were yeah. supporting. And Mueller doesn't make the association that it was a criminal intent, but Russia absolutely did infiltrate um, voters basically through these bots and 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 campaign officials. Whether unwittingly is sort of how it's painted. And I think there are two problems that that creates for Republicans wanting to talk about election security. One is you sort of have to say, yeah, we were duped into that. You know, I mean, yeah. that doesn't feel real good to say there's there's if you believe this happened, then you believe that the outcome that we of the were duped. And that's right. hard. And then secondly, and I think I, just I as important is people are afraid to go against anything Donald Trump says now. I mean, he, after his, as I understand it, after his r- obviously openly racist diatribe against four congresswomen, mm. he became more popular. And the Republicans or the GOP members are sitting there and they're saying, okay, I guess we'll just go along with this because people like him. And that is, um, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, <laughs> I do think that people are very afraid, and that's such a good point. And I do think a way around that, as you were saying, would be if you, I was a Republican, and um, <laughs> and uh, I would be like, "Hey, um, you know, we don't have to make this about Trump." You know, I'm air quoting people who don't can't see us, and <laughs> but I do care about American democracy, yeah. and I would like to look into the Russian meddling, and I'm not saying anything about Trump whatsoever, but I do think it's important that that's not allowed to happen because we care yeah. about democracy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I, we can I, just focus on I that know, I and then see what happens. Air it's, quotes. I mean, think, well, he, like, obviously Donnie's a vindictive person, and I think any mention that we need to look into a meddling makes him feel like you're questioning his legitimacy so that's the and and then and then stepping out of the bounds at all with him means you know a disgraceful tweet or whatever a bad nickname a bad nickname but i'm like why do you got that's such a i think you're give your voters some credit you know what i mean give your voters some fucking credit like if you're a good member of congress that actually fights for your district republican or democrat doesn't matter your voters should be able to see through a stupid tweet and a dumb nickname like i i think this fear is is a little is a bit much yeah and Any. Justice Amash has Justin Amash has had you know pretty good reception um, coming out and saying I don't agree with this and I'm for impeachment and he's a Republican. Um, well, he's moving away from the Republican yeah. Party. But to your point, yeah, I think people you owe it to people to to be as honest as you can and and to give them the, the benefit of the doubt that they can get that and you can quote unquote talk straight with them. Yeah, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be 
a way to go. I mean, <laughs> it's weird yeah. anyways. All right, we're going to move on. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to learn about our sponsors, uh, whom we love here at Fake the Nation. And then when we come back, we'll talk about Boris Johnson. Today's show is sponsored by Pros. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care, I tried the skin care just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, Um, Like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um, I all of these things I got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, the other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, mm, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that, but we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this. I got my stuff in the mail very quickly after I got a wonderful serum. Like I said, this very creamy moisturizer. Um, And this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like I, I think it's possible that I've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness like many years because when I saw this cleanser I was like oh is this what it's supposed to feel like it's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face that's not what I've been doing so I don't know guys and here's the thing you don't have to take my word for it in a third-party double-blind dermatologist supervised controlled clinical study um, which is like the gold standard for research studies pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level if you think about it. Just it makes common sense. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation will be taken off. That's Pros.com slash fake the nation. You get your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Uh, again, that's pros.com slash fake the nation. Go and get your just super personalized, luxurious skincare products and hair care products. That's what I'm going to try next. So, pros.com slash fake the nation. I am the type of person that has subscribed to things. And I have forgotten about those things. I have paid twice for a children's educational app. And I didn't know that I was paying twice for several 
months. Until that is, I discovered Rocket Money. And because I use Rocket Money, it just showed up all these things. The thing that I was paying twice for that made me incredibly angry. Thank God Rocket Money ended that for me. It also cancels the subscription for you. So you don't have to like go through the hassle of going to that site and figuring out how to cancel. They actually make canceling very difficult. I don't know if any of you have had the experience, but I have been on a like a roundabout eight exit nightmare trying to unsubscribe to something before. Rocket money eliminates that hassle. It also alerts you to an increase in subscription price. And this is something Rocket Money did for me. It negotiates a lower price for something you already subscribe to. So like for my cable bill, it got me a lower price. And I was very happy about that. Nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about, which makes me feel better because I'm one of them. But it makes me feel terrible because what are we doing? Losing that money. Uh, I don't want to waste that money. And I know you don't want to waste that money. If you struggle with these kinds of purchases, if you struggle with finances in general, Rocket Money will help you with the budgeting, help you track your expenses, help you, like I said, cancel those unwanted subscription. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps you lower your bills so you can get back to saving. I mean, me and my husband have been on the warpath and Rocket Money has been a really big part of that. It has over 5 million users with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. The average member has saved up to $740 a year using the app's features, which is, I mean, that tracks for me. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Go to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Save the money at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Folks, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I tried other services that I was displeased with. And then a neighbor of mine was trying Factor. I had pulled them aside in the hallway and I was like, what are you feeling about this Factor? And they were like, it is delicious. You should definitely do it. So then me and my husband did it and we loved it. They are chef-prepared meals that arrive to your door, and then in two minutes, you could be eating them. Like, it's so simple, and they're actually delicious. And for people like me who just sometimes, my schedule can be so maniacal between traveling in different cities and, you know, doing stand-up gigs. It's like I just don't have a typical schedule where I can plan, set aside time for cooking and all that stuff. So something like Factor really helps for me. The other thing that I love to do is try not to eat carbs. <laughs> so they have a keto option, which is fantastic. It's super delicious. They use premium ingredients. You can get stuff with like filet mignon and shrimp and truffle butter and broccolini and asparagus, right? Like real ingredients. There are no fuss, no mess meals. Um, they eliminate the hassle of having to prep. They're tailored to your schedule. Um, you can customize your weekly meals 
uh, with flexibility. You can pause or reschedule. I've actually done that. I've, pa- I've both paused and rescheduled. Um, Factor is basically your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. We're celebrating Earth Day all month long. And look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 and use the code fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code fakethenation50 at factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Connor Ratliff is looking for answers to some very stupid questions. You might know Connor from the Chris Gathard show, UCB, or Marvelous Miss Maisel, but you definitely don't know him from the 2001 HBO miniseries Band of Brothers. That's because the day before he was supposed to film his scenes, America's favorite person, Tom Hanks, fired him for having dead eyes. Uh, Nearly 20 years later, Connor is on a quest to solve the mystery of his dead eyes. Along the way, he's talking to friends like Darcy Carden from The Good Place, Zach Woods from Silicon Valley, and John Hamm from Top Gun 2, Maverick, about the nature of showbiz, success, failure, and the events that blew up their lives and forced them to start over. And maybe, just maybe, he'll get the chance to re-audition for Tom Hanks. Listen to the pilot of Dead Eyes now. Just check Apple Podcast Stitcher or your favorite podcast app for the Earwolf Presents feed. And we are back, and we're ready for topic number two. <laughs> you guys, Boris Johnson is now the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. <laughs> And is it weird that I had, like, a little bit of schadenfreude because I was like, oh, my God, it used to be that you guys had Brexit, but at least your prime minister was, like, a well-spoken adult person. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh, no, you guys have Brexit. And Boris Johnson, you're, like, definitely worse off than we are. Um, (laughs) So what are your first... um, reactions to Boris Johnson. You go first this time. I uh well the last time I was here, we were it was board when Trump went over to the UK oh, and hilarious. said this stuff about Boris Johnson and we were like, you're not supposed to meddle in other people's <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last time I was here. So when I saw the news the other day I was like ah <laughs> um, and I was just looking down at my notes, and I think it's so funny because I have number two, and I wrote "fucking Boris," <laughs> and then underneath it, a quote has a loose relationship with truth and principle. Yeah, um, that's what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> totally <laughs> unfamiliar with that that concept these days. <laughs> well, I think that was in the Times or something. I can't. Remember I think it was yet. in. Yeah, it was in. Um, no, it was BBC. Oh, BBC, got you. And uh, you know, my first thought was. I think my first thought after being like we 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 talked about this before was that um is this happening that it seems like the, it, you keep thinking oh it's going to prevail that we're a group of people in the United States and the UK who want to um be compassionate and support people and um fix things in a democratic way that thinks about everyone's needs and then you're like oh uh i guess it was wrong again (laughs) right 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 i mean what's weird too about boris johnson is that 
he was not ever like so ideologically on the leave side, you know? Yeah. He just sort of decided that it would be an interesting like panty ruffling, yes. you know, op-ed piece or something. And and so he and so he did it, but he was also kind of just as easily on remain. He was um, like a shapeshifter, known totally. that in politics, yeah. Yeah, and then, and because you know, he was a mayor of London, um which is a very liberal town, and so to be a conservative in the in mayor of London was really you know, uh, interesting. But of course, like conservatives in, in the UK are not as conservative as conservatives here. Yeah, they still like healthcare, Right. He's <laughs> passionately yeah. will stand up for the nationalized health system over yeah. there. He's also in favor of the Iran nuclear deal. The Paris Accord. Um, the Paris Climate Accord. He's more pro-immigrant than many of the other folks in his party, yeah. uh, which is unusual. So he's in. So I think. So all that stuff is unusual about him and maybe promising, although, again, because yeah. he doesn't seem to be he doesn't seem to be very principled. <laughs> no, and he has a problem with homophobia and all sorts of other things that he makes these comments. But he I get I read he gave his first speech this. Well, it wasn't this morning for them, but yeah. I read, <laughs> and he talked about ushering in a golden era uh-huh. for the UK and. You know, you don't want to – I'm not um, an expert in um, British politics by any means um, at all. But, well, I am. So, <laughs> so don't worry. Back to you. <laughs> but don't it, worry, guys. It, My years as a comedian has really trained me for this moment so we could talk exactly. about Exactly. So you're going to get in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he talked about the golden era and, and uh, you know, it sounds a lot like Make America Great Again. And um, yeah, it's it really hard to deliver on that when you have to negotiate an exit from from the, the EU in, in essence within three months, right? Yeah. And – uh, there aren't a lot of great options. This is a little bit complicated. And by all accounts, um, it's not likely to produce tremendous returns economically for 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 the UK. It's much more likely to – it has a lot to do with people's sense of identity, which is a really complicated thing I wouldn't want to step into. But um, – I hope we're past talking about movements. I hope we're past this this moment in time where we have politicians promising golden eras and making countries great again or returning to something that didn't exist instead of dealing with the issues that our children are going to face. Your your daughter, right? You have a yeah. Girl. Yeah. Um, it just seems disingenuous to me. Um, I don't want to uh, poo-poo on the, <laughs> the, the prime minister, but I think it's— uh, No, f- f- poo-poo and poo. It's a little—you know, it's a little <laughs> scary, I mean, um, to hear those kinds of promises made because they're usually made on the backs of other people, and we've seen that here in the United States. And um, the only thing I'd say is he was born—I researched this morning—he was born in New York City. He, yeah, he had like true. dual yeah. citizenship. I did not know that. Um, Wait, he has dual. He still he did. Had, he gave. Oh, he he gave renounced it, it in okay. 2015, I believe. Okay. But I was like, well, that's interesting. So I guess there was, you know, he he's a New Yorker too. Which I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, I I think well, the Brexit thing is really interesting to me because, first of all, he was maybe supposed to be prime minister when Theresa May became prime yeah. minister, and then that whole thing fell apart for reasons that are just, like, odd and strange. Um, but 
the situation now is that they basically have gotten two extensions to figure yeah. their shit out. Yeah. They're not getting any more extensions. Mm-mm. The EU is like, you've had enough, you guys. You have to pay your credit card debt. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you can't roll it over. It's on. It's on. Um, and so that's that. And then the other thing is that the EU is like, we've been negotiating this withdrawal agreement for fucking ever yeah. and we're done. So that's so no more renegotiation of the withdrawal agreement. We broke agreement. up. I don't want to be with you anymore. Yeah, it's like, it's oh, it's oh, over and so now we have boris johnson and what the people really want is a different withdrawal agreement or whatever Mm. but we're not but that's not a possibility so the interesting thing is is that the thing that everyone wants is kind of like not a possibility like no prime minister can give them what they want it's not possible i mean right i mean so in my limited understanding as the greatest expert on brexit um they might find that blank check somewhere in you know the platform what is the harry potter platform i don't know know. it's gonna be tough yeah yes Yes. that was the weakest harry potter reference i tried that was my joke that's done no and you know what i I have have no i have no harry potter references i read all the books this is all leah bonima right here um Yeah. So I it, so I I mean, do you think that like the people of the UK are somehow expecting him to pull something out of a hat? No. <laughs> I think like, the people what? of the UK are like, this is wild. Not that they I, voted I, for I, him. The party votes yeah, for him. Yeah, I think yeah. that he's the, the, I I mean, I don't know. I you know, I've watched all of my BBC murder mysteries to do <laughs> uh, as much research as I could on what the people of the UK believe. But I can't imagine that anybody thinks that could happen in three, you know what I mean? It seems like a untenable situation. I just. So I think it, I mean, I'm going to predict right here on Fake the Nation, July 24th, 2019, year of our Lord, (laughs) that it's going to be a no deal Brexit. A no, yeah, Yeah. a no deal Brexit. Um, And then it'll be mayhem. And and the thing I love, which is totally different than right now. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's just gonna have to. I don't know what's gonna happen. He's gonna have to do something where he's like, "Oh, let's do this other." You know what I mean? Like, what's gonna? But the thing, what it seems like is happening is a no deal Brexit. He cozies up to the United States to have a bunch of, you know, favorable trade terms, and then we become basically and he and basically closes out all a lot of those trade relationships with the European Union, and then completely shifts the balance of how all of that goes down. That's my because yeah. and when we started talking about this Brexit garbage, um, <laughs> fucking years ago, you know, I remember You're reading like, somewhere. No yeah, I mean, I was just like, <laughs> they should just do another referendum because everyone is super regretful about this. Um, one of the things I read was that like the, the just between the Netherlands and the UK, only the Netherlands, and I'm totally making up this number, but it was a very large number. Someone please look it up. It was something like there's like 24,000 points of trade. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like there's something like yeah. 24 that. So yeah. if they want to renegotiate that, that's 24,000 like pieces of paper oh, yeah. that need to for each thing, you know, and that's what a single market got rid of all of that. Um, yeah. And so it's it's going to be bananas um, to have those m- multiple agreements versus, you know, uh, maybe just doing it with the United States and then being like, we don't. 
you know, trade with other. I don't know. I don't know. Again, I have no idea how these things work. You know, it's the scary thing is, I think no one does. I yeah. think that's the point. <laughs> yeah, like, nobody let's has not any idea pretend what's going on. <laughs> that Boris Johnson probably has some grand in to, to take a quote no. from our moment, three dimensional chess situation behind the scenes that he's just going to, no. you know, pull out of his briefcase. He was a single market guy when he was in <laughs> when he was the mayor of London. He was a yeah. single market fan. Yeah. So it's just he has no game here. Um, I also think that, I, again, knowing nothing about the UK, except for they say scones instead of scones, which I, may, I feel like makes them Ooh. maniacs. Ba- bangers and mash. You know bangers and mash. Right. Which is... Uh, Mushy Sausage. peas? Is that? No, it's not mushy peas. What is it? Okay. <laughs> Wait, come on, you guys. <laughs> what is bakers and mash? Uh, Potatoes and, uh, and uh, uh, sausage. sausage. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Well, I'm Irish, so we protest vote that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you guys watching Peaky Blinders? It's no. so good. It's so good, actually. It's a good show. Oh, his it's face. A good show. I can't handle it. It's so perfect. It's so weird. Yeah, it's almost... To correct his face. <laughs> oh, I love his face. Jillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. I just have a picture of it on my phone, and sometimes when I feel the world is a mess, I just look at it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good call. That's, a good That's call. hilarious. He's like your cat video. Oh, yeah, yes. I've had a picture of a washer-dryer, and I'm like, well, everything's going to be okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mine is a mother beaver carrying the baby beaver on her back. Oh, Have you seen that? That's that? really, it's really cute. good. That's really, it's really cute. cute. Watch bangers and mash not be potatoes and sausages. I know. I mean, we're gonna get a lot of hate mail about hate this. Mail. Yeah, people are like just show up at our apartment throwing <laughs> with bangers and mash. <laughs> with bangers and mash. Like, I love eating. Um, so this is great. Uh, All right. Well, Boris Johnson. Uh, final thoughts here. Um, do you? Because the other thing is like they can like and form and reform governments or whatever all the time. Um, It's funny because their system might be better, uh, but it's also hilarious. And I don't super understand. But um, how do you think he will ultimately prevail? Or do you think he'll be sacrificed like Theresa May was? You know... He seems to be a shapeshifter. I, I think there's going to be some sacrificial lambs um, just to just three months we have. There's no way around it. But yeah. uh, it's it's hard. Uh, I'm going I'm going to hold on that one. Okay. Unclear. Unclear. <laughs> I just don't think he can. It doesn't seem doable in yeah. three months. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they say, what is the you know, you want to change your diet. You can change it in three weeks if you hang in there. I don't yeah. think you can change a whole thing. And yeah, I just a don't whole... think. That Political was a weird system. reference, but I know that you can change <laughs> things in a short amount of time, but I just don't think it's doable. So I think what he's going to have to do is make a big move that's like a wild card. Is yeah. he capable of doing that? I think he is because he, he seems like he'll... He's like a wild card Yeah, guy. he's a wild card, but he would have to do something like, everybody was kidding, we're not doing this, or you know what I mean? It's going right, to have to be right, some right. kind of... Because otherwise it just seems they've maxed out their options. They've got the too many extensions. It's it seems like they just can't get it done. Um, I also want to point out that he ruffles his hair before he speaks in public so that I think it's like a lowering the expectations thing. Yeah. That's, right? that's a thing people talk about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a man with wild hair just might do something wild. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he he's also he re- like Trump doesn't have very much shame. No. Um, so, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know. Or any. I was just going to say. Yeah, right. Just so say. I feel like he he also, 
I think is in it for what'll make him seem the most awesome, you know, <laughs> and maybe legacy wise too. Uh. So maybe he wants to preside over another rep for like a just kidding we're not doing it yeah. you know like maybe he'll do that because he'll just be like i saved the united kingdom because if there is a no deal brexit the scotland will probably vote to secede yeah. right for independence yeah. and then it's really and he'll be the prime minister that was there for the fucking secession mm. of scotland come on they have that's such a great comedy festival <laughs> <laughs> that alone is a yeah, reason. That alone. You know, Bart. <laughs> really think carefully about this. You want to lose the international Glasgow Comedy you want Festival? To be, you want, there to you be, want uh, Edinburgh to not be under your umbrella? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you guys. Well, we'll keep an eye on Boris. It's he's a uh, he's a fascinating figure. I feel like and... we won't be able to avoid keeping an eye on him. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be there. Um, and well, we we also we have our own Boris that we yeah. have to look at every day. Yeah. So I know. wish our Boris liked healthcare. Oh, right. <laughs> Come on, man. I know there's they do still have it better on a <laughs> the couple Paris of Accord. Yeah. The Iran deal. Oh, come on, Iran. Uh, all right, you guys. Let us move on to topic number three. Um, okay, so have you guys heard people talk about mindful drinking or being mm-hmm. sober curious? Because there now seems to be a movement of people who aren't alcoholics, but they're sober, but they're not doing your grandma's sobriety. You guys, they're doing a different kind of sobriety. Like where you meet up with other people and you're sober together, which is sort of a nice novel idea in New York City. <laughs> I mean, have, <laughs> I you guys, have you guys done any of this? Like meeting up with people and being sober? I mean, you know I am sober. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I, uh, I think it's uh, – I was reading this article and I was thinking about it. And I think um, sober – is a particular term usually for people in a program right. who yeah. are not just not drinking. Yeah. They're also not doing a lot of other things. And it has to do with the process they went to of like because it was a um, an issue in their life that affected many things. So yeah. I feel like the term sobriety is often um, – like I'm careful with it because I feel like it's I, I don't want to disrespect people who are like in NA or AA or yeah. had to be in rehab for a long time or you know what I mean? Yeah, you want to honor that. I agree. I, I definitely want to honor that. Yeah. And then there's people that are making lifestyle changes yeah. for like health uh, reasons and or they realize they feel better when they don't drink. And it's wonderful that companies and places are making options for uh, people to go out and have fun with others yes. and not drink, but still have like a fun beverage. It's incredible, actually. Yeah, I it's think so it's good. really, I think it's really important. Because you realize how much drinking is a part of our culture Absolutely. and be like, oh, I was, w- I can only hang out with people when I'm wasted. I can only, let's get effed up. You know what I mean? Or like, I'm not good at being social unless, or I also notice as somebody who doesn't drink, how uncomfortable sometimes other people get when you're not drinking, oh, yeah. even though you're like, no, I don't care if you drink. I'm just, you know what I mean? No, it's so funny because totally. I, um, okay, so I do think what the one of the things that's happening is this movement of people who aren't, alco- who are not alcoholics, but are just right, as you're saying, for health reasons or for whatever reason. Um, and maybe they were like on a mild end of the alcoholism spectrum. Right. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's not like they hit a rock bottom. It's not like, you know, none of that kind of happened. But they were just like, yeah, things were just like, 
not feeling well. <laughs> They're like, I didn't burn my house down, but I had sex with too many people named John- Jane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, and and that's kind of, I think, more. Um, we're we're sort of entering an age of nuance when it comes to alcoholism. I think where you're like, yeah, I was didn't have I held down a job. It was fun and yeah. all sorts of relationships, yeah. and it was fine, and I was a reliable human. Um, but I drank too much. A little. Actually, you know? all of that, the age of nuance, means that more people are going to talk about it. So I'm all for it. And I think yeah. that's amazing. And, I mean, there have been – it's the kind of thing – I don't know if this happened to you ladies, but if you if you go somewhere and you don't drink, people are like, oh, are you pregnant? Yeah, this, yeah, Are yeah, you pregnant yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. It just like it, it is – it has been in the past – in certain settings, such a part of the culture that I think it's wonderful to have people be able to talk about and make all kinds of choices that don't it 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 it, ha- it could have any kind of motivation, and I just think that's wonderful. I'm I'm super excited about. It. I haven't been to a six a.m. dance party, but my colleague <laughs> Savannah has. A lot of my friends have been too. They loved the, it. I think that's those a test daybreaker. Daybreak. Yeah, I actually yeah. meant to go, so but they're, heard in, of they're in Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah, I have a bunch of friends that keep inviting me. Th- you've heard of all of this? I go to a lot of dance classes. I've, I mean, but six- <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to shake it out, and so, I really feel like I've missed out on something. No, I you do. Have to, it's like a seven a.m. thing. Right, that's crazy, or something like that. Yeah, am I just getting home? I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, for comedians, it's ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, but I think, I mean, okay, there's a. I do think it's great because, as listeners, I'm, I'm one of these people. Like, I don't drink. Yeah. I will drink. Like, yeah. I had a a glass of wine. You yeah. know, a couple of months ago, I can't even remember when. <laughs> you know, so like that's my level of yeah. drinking. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm okay with people who drink. I don't mind. I I'm I I don't mind meeting people at a bar and ordering a club soda. Like yeah. I all of that stuff. Um, and so I think that's fine. I think there's something about this that worries me. That's a little like where I do want the energy of people gathering. Yeah. To still happen, you know, like I feel like when I was drinking, there was just a lot more gathering yeah. Um, or there was just even a lot more people feeling comfortable inviting me to gather because I also drank. Yeah. Um, and now that I don't really drink, um, you know, but I'm also like a fucking mom and whatever, all the all <laughs> yeah, other yeah. forms of garbage. They took us off that MailChimp list. They, yeah, they took <laughs> us off that MailChimp list. That's exactly what happened. But I think I worry a little bit that the new sobriety also just means that people are kind of like drugging themselves with like being at home and just watching television and being alone and getting an endorphin hit from yeah. like a new episode of Broad Church. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, there and, are no new episodes of Broad Church right now. So okay. let's just make that clear because I am left wanting. Um, okay. <laughs> but I do think that making plans at going out and socializing is very important, which is why I think these are things are so important to have options so people don't feel weird when they want to go do something yeah and not drink yeah but i think going to the movies um you know i I have friends that i just meet up with and go for walks in the park and we have an iced coffee (laughs) i I also have no problem meeting people at bars i I, i'm 
I love the bar culture. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? The camaraderie. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right, I want that the feeling music. you walk in. Yeah. And then there's people and everyone's I'll like, have some nuts. Yeah. There's, there's some nuts. Yeah. Maybe a chip yeah. and a dip. There has to be food. There has <laughs> no, to be no, some I, guacamole. I mean, I got to be honest, like staring at other people and wondering <laughs> if so-and-so is going to make out with so-and-so. I mean, I love that stuff. That's a love great it. bar scene. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> Just to like a bar. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you don't even have to... Um, but I think, yeah, I'm, and I want that stuff to happen. I wonder a little, it's so interesting too, because I think I would love to see bars just offer more things like the idea. I don't think we, I feel like everyone wants to disrupt existing structures instead and, and be like, instead of this bar, we're opening New bars that have no alcohol and, and no walls. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, the stools are strangely higher. And, like, yeah. you know, they're just everything is about disruption. Yeah. And I don't think we need to think about, yeah. I think we should just be a little bit more. This bar now has mocktails. Yeah. I think that a lot of these people are saying they're making like the beer companies that are making yeah. right beer, and so people for, can right. come out and have their kind of non-alcoholic be beer, which I think is great. Yeah, like I just don't think there needs to be so much of a barrier between people who drink and people who don't drink. Yeah. Like it doesn't. Oh, I don't I think don't, there needs to be at all. Yeah. I agree. except for the people that like. Obviously, there are people that really drink and then they right. make it I an mean, issue that you don't drink and yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. what you're saying at all no. but we all I, have I just, one of those I, people I guess in I our take lives. issue with the constant commodification of these movements mm, yeah. if the movement is people are drinking less that's fine that's great um it doesn't have to be like commodified into like uh you know there's a site now and you can find other people yeah. well, I think who don't some people probably feel and- weird about it I guess. And they I, feel I just never isolated. Personally, yeah. And they feel like people think they're weird. Yeah. And so they want to find other people so they don't feel weird. Yeah. I get. I see that point. We are so used to being fine with whatever we are. I'm so I'm so <laughs> yeah. used to like walking into bars and not drinking. Like it doesn't upset me. It doesn't make me feel weird. I'm just completely fine with it. So I'm always like I think you know. some people aren't as confident in their differences. Do you I think guess. it's also because you are comedians? Um, You're like I'm. I'm here and I'm. I'm amazing. And I sometimes perform at bars and I'm not going to drink in that context because who knows what's going to come out of my mouth if I do. I mean, I, I, <laughs> and, I, and I used to. You yeah. know, I yeah. used to like sometimes for there was a while yeah, where I was experimenting. Yeah. I would just have a drink just to see. Did it change your set? Yeah, it did. That's fascinating. It made you. I mean, it made just just as someone is more like loquacious and bubbly or whatever when they've had a couple with friends. Yeah, the same thing kind of happens when you're on stage. Absolutely, much looser, loose, loose. So you want to be able to get to that without without having any drinks. You can control it. But I do think that a large part of because so much we perform in bars and clubs and they're like I can't drink when I do comedy because I want to know yeah. where what are my abilities and what's me you know what I mean yes. that now I'm I am more comfortable being yeah. like oh I'm not drinking here because I'm so used to it yeah so I think right. that's a good point See, that happens to me too yeah. I have to go give a speech and people are like oh would you like a glass or something I'm like no I have to talk about some serious right. things right now yeah so, <laughs> this is not the time not the time <laughs> yeah. well can I ask you guys so for the people who are listening that might be eye-rolling at the idea of the new sobriety Yes, yes. This movement. Well, when you say um, it that way. I know. <laughs> that 
right? It makes everyone eye roll. Is it just virtue signaling? Is it a part of our whole fucking mindfulness wellness? Oh, yeah. I'm, do you not do you not meditate? That's oh, I I meditate. You know, I yeah. oh no, I'm I'm sober because it's unhealthy not to be. So then you must be really unhealthy if you are not sober. You know what I mean? Is are we just virtue signaling? And is that annoying. Leah Bonham, you have your hand raised. <laughs> I think that there are people that are virtue signalers. Yeah. Virtue signalers. And <laughs> there are people that are just, that's the thing that they want to do in their life. And yeah. there, there is both happening at the same time. We know the people that are in our life that are let you know they're vegans. And you're yeah. like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's so annoying. And it's constantly in go your face. Go fuck yourself. I've got a gluten-free muffin <laughs> and I know what I'm doing. But I don't even tell people. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah, there are people yeah. that are just like, this works for me and it's a thing yeah. that I've wanted to do in my life and I I, I want to feel comfortable with it but I'm not like throwing it in people's faces or making people feel like their choices are bad and I think that both of those things exist. There are the virtue signatures who just like want to let you know and you're like <laughs> and then there are the people that are just finding what works for them and I think it's important that they feel supported and like they're not weird and that there are places for them to go. And I think both of those things can happen at the same time. And we can just look at the virtue signalers and be like, I know that deep inside you must feel shattered and empty because (laughs) you have to push your shit in everybody else's faces. Yeah. And I feel empathy and uh, for you because my therapist told me to. (laughs) And I think it's, yeah, uh, you there. I'm going to leave that there. And I think it's great. But what I would say is I think it's I would rather have that whatever the person is doing. Because there isn't a one-size-fits-all box for people who don't want to drink as much. And drinking is such a pervasive part of so many cultures here and globally. I would love for it to be even more acceptable to do something different because so many people struggle with it. I mean, I can think of so many people I know in my you know family in my own life that anything that is a different model for people to yeah. make choices that are healthier for themselves – I'm all for it. I don't care if it's putting it on a shirt. I don't care what it is. I, I think it's – this one I think is is great for people if it works for people. I really great. agree. Yeah. I mean, um, also, I mean, there are some really big downsides to alcohol. Right, yeah. right, right. Of course. Um, can I also just point out something that I feel like is annoying about our discourse around alcohol, which is that there's something gendered about the way we talk about alcohol and women. Like yeah. it's like you're either you're either trying to live out some sort of sex in the city fantasy <laughs> or you're a fucking mom who's so frazzled from motherhood that she needs like her hashtag mommy juice or whatever <laughs> to like make it through the day, you know? Yeah. And both of those um, depictions of women and alcohol are just so irritating to me. Like I don't, even when I was drinking, I yeah. was also... Anything that has to do with, like, shitting on sex in the city also I find (laughs) irritating because it was a show about some ladies who were friends. Like, we need to all calm down about, like, the cultural importance (laughs) of what that show did or didn't do or whatever the fuck. Anyways, but, um, like, I think both of – I – when I was a drinker – I had fun and it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> it wasn't about there was no gendered. I didn't feel like I was living out any of these gendered um fantasies that yeah. we have about women and alcohol. I think it's all part of, yeah, I think it's all part of the same thing. I mean, even just what I'm doing now, people are like, "Well, 
you know, she worked for this guy, so she's really just like this guy, or this guy's supporting her, so she's really this way, or she's just like this other woman. I think that there, maybe it's because yeah. we have so few, we've had historically few speaking, yeah. so few women in the seat of, of, of control or a seat at the table, whatever it is, that instead people, you know, get to, these these things have been perpetuated that really are just very binary and not at all like a nuanced world that yeah. we live in. And yeah. I think it's, that's why it's so important that things change to me because it's you, 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 we saw in the last election cycle, people are either, ang- women are just angry or they're, you know, too submissive. I mean, there's never... It's never somewhere in yeah, between, and I think the, it's everything on the spectrum. You're right, yeah. uh, and in terms of like norm building, like we I we only ever saw it was either like Sex in the City drinking or yeah. or b- bad moms drinking. You I know, also it was think, uh, we haven't seen very very yeah. just we just haven't seen very much representation of other stuff. No, I think that women also with the hashtag mommy juice, and this was just my initial thought. This wasn't. I haven't thought it out, so you know I may change my mind later after somebody <laughs> emails me how stupid I am. I um, <laughs> does that happen? Do you get emails where you're like, I did not agree with you? <laughs> oh yeah. yes, and, and significantly harsher words yes, than we that. Do. It's more like, are you dumb? <laughs> so um, we're in the same business. We're yeah. in the same business. <laughs> yeah. Um, as I think with the mommy juice thing, that's also like a, a way for women who feel. Like they need a moment for themselves to relate to other people on the internet to be like, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, I like to have a glass of wine just for like ten minutes for me. Yeah, and so I think that that's like, obviously, when I say there's downside to alcohol, I don't mean like people having a glass of wine at the end of the day because like that's their yeah. thing where they take their moment for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I I do think that that's not necessarily that may be a place where people find um, a an ability to get, take a little bit of time for themselves. And then my other thought was, I do feel, I also recently started watch, rewatching Mad Men. Like you were saying, we have mm-hmm. this visual of like men making business deals yes. over dark liquors and cigars yes. and there's never women in the room. Yeah. It's just dudes after they played golf yes. with other men and then they have a dark like a whiskey or a scotch yes. and then they, they make money deals and there's never women in there with the <laughs> exactly. whiskey you know or the golf clubs True. making money deals True. but they make the same Gillette razors for men and women then the women ones are more expensive so how does that all add up it's together it's all unfair <laughs> all of it's unfair no but that's such a good point uh. it's really about our perception of like and like the men can handle the alcohol you know what I mean well, it's like a man thing to do it's is a, have yeah. a alcohol with a big old cigar after we play something and then I'm going to buy a, a whole company and do some insider trading. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, you guys, I'm curious to know what the people of Fake the Nation think of, of the new sobriety movement and, um, you know, are you rolling your eyes? Are you kind of sober um, in a, in a non preachy way? Where are you with this? Uh, hit me up. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, okay, you guys... That's the end of the show. How do you feel? I feel good. This is this is awesome. If there were more conversations like this, I think I think we'd solve a lot of problems. The the district that uh, I'm running in hasn't had a woman leading in almost fifty years, which is sort of unbelievable in wow. the pro- progressive years. center of the country and maybe the world. Right? Yeah. Um, I I have a whole whole team that has has a lot of smart women on it, um, and. Uh, there's just so much work to do, and I love I love 
funny, smart women. So thank you both so much. And if I there was anything inappropriate said, I didn't expect that to turn. Yeah, Lindsay did not say anything inappropriate, for the record. Um, Even if it sounded like my voice. inappropriate things were said around her by other people. And she actually kind of dodged them. And, and she, she was like, I do not. So I, went, like, I do not agree with that. <laughs> Leah, how do you feel? Well, now I didn't know that Lindsay was throwing out compliments. I know. Um, so I just feel. Oh, are you not supposed to do that in no, I feel we don't in them. a warm glow, <laughs> and I wanted to immediately be like, I assume you're not talking about me. <laughs> I, uh... But I, you know, and so now I'm just sort of glowing and, you, you know, you one compliment good. takes me for the rest Yay. of the day because yeah. comedy Agreed. is just a we'll, shit we'll show <laughs> of people being so mean <laughs> so that you, you politics. have to hold it on. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm going to go home and eat cheese from a jar that I got in a pharmacy. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I just, I honestly feel absolutely delighted to be surrounded by so many intelligent, uh, wonderfully smart, very funny great women yeah. and um you know i don't know what to say when i'm happy it's really well how about, <laughs> how about leah bonima you tell people where they can find you and follow your good works okay um i have a very exciting august so coming up so if you're in jamestown new york or anywhere Ooh. near there. The National Comedy Center. Yes. I will be at the I National. I worked on that when I really? worked for the state. It's oh, amazing. Great. I've seen it. It's so cool. Uh, this is my first time going. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm so excited. Lucille Ball. It was all of her Lucille Ball. Such a, oh, I'm excited. So cool. It's uh, supposedly amazing. Not supposedly, for sure. I just haven't. It's totally It's amazing. amazing. I just haven't seen it. I'm so excited. And That's the big leagues for comedy. Yes. Big leagues, uh, and I'm a switch hitter. I can't believe I just said that, but I am. <laughs> I actually used to play baseball, and I'm ambidextrous. Anyway, that is uh, uh, first week in August. It's the Lucille Ball Festival, second week in August. And then if you're in L.A., at the end of the month, um, a web series I made with Kendrick Cunningham called The Dons is screening in the Broad Humor Film Festival. Ooh. Ooh. Um, All over the you're hitting both coasts. Yes. And then if you are in Atlanta on August 17th, I will be down there because one of my screenplays is in the Atlanta Film Festival. Well, shit. That's awesome. A lot going on for Leah Bono, you guys. Lindsay Boylan, how can people track your progress, uh, support your candidacy if they're in the district? Amazing. Uh, Let's hear about all of that. Thank you. Thank you. So we have... A little under a year until the primary. So June 23rd, 2020 is the primary. Uh, you can June follow- 23rd, yes. 2020 is the primary. You got to register as a Dem as register. soon as possible. If you haven't registered already, this is a presidential election year that we're going to be in in 2020. So you got to do it for so many important reasons. Uh, you can find us on our website, www.lindsay with an E, Boylan, B-O-Y-L-A-N. Uh, also on Twitter, same name. Uh, also on Instagram, same name with NY at the end. And we would love uh, all the support we can get, volunteers, financial support otherwise. Um, and we're going to do so many great things together, and we need all the help we can get. And just roughly, where is the 10th district of Good New York? Because I, I imagine there's a lot of people listening to the show who are actually in that district. Good question. So thank you very much for mm-hmm. that. It goes all the way up to the main campus of Columbia University, basically. Oh. Uh, and then all of the Upper West Side, Hell's Kitchen, all of Chelsea, um, the Village, a decent part of Soho, uh, Battery Park City, Tribeca, all of Wall Street. Uh, and then it jumps over into Brooklyn and covers Industry City, 
parts of Sunset Park, uh, Borough Park, and then the coastline of Red Hook. Uh, oh, wow. I know smarties. a lot of people in these districts. So we need to mobilize them. Uh, the sooner the better. And it's going to be really fun. Yes. yes. If you're interested in mixing things up in the, in New York's 10th, yes. uh, time. there's a primary challenge, and she's delightful. Yay. And funny. And funny, but she didn't say anything inappropriate. Nothing inappropriate. If it sounded like my voice, it wasn't. It was not her voice. <laughs> it was Leah's voice. Um, you guys know where to find me. I'm doing a thing in D.C. I think... I'm unclear. If, look, if you're in D.C. on August 1st, I'm doing a storytelling thing. And it's my kind of like I don't usually do storytelling things, so I'm excited. Email me through at commentsoffakethenation.com or through my website, and I will – because I think I could just get you on a th- – somehow in a thing. I think it's free, but like you need a ticketed thing. I'm not sure. Email her. <laughs> Email me. Yeah. If you're going to be in D.C., I'm also going to be doing Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me at the end of the month, also in uh, in D.C. at, at Wolf Trap. And I'm going to be doing oh, cool. Wait, Wait again in September in Chicago. And I'm going to just uh, do other things here and there. I'll probably be on some lineups with Leah Bonima. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It happens. Well, we do a show together. We do a show together. We do two shows together. Um... <laughs> So, you guys, um, <laughs> you know, look at my website because I, I call clearly, you a lot. yeah, we, we, we talk on the phone uh, like old people. Um, but and I really, I'm always dramatic. <laughs> what I really want to do is uh, really thank the people here at Fake the Nation who make the show possible. That's our producer Harry Nelson, our ta- talented audio engineers Andy Christensen, and Jared O'Connell, um, Gabby Alter wrote our theme music. He's got his new album. Don't forget to buy it. It's called Yes, Gabriel. Lily Fleshler helps with research. And you guys, we'd love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, uh, topics you think we should be talking about, guest ideas. Please leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981 or drop us a line at commentsoffakethenation.com. If you like what you hear, leave us a review at Apple Podcasts because it helps people find the show. Oh, my God. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week. Yay. Woo! <laughs> 